Medium, his Dark Materials, and the Board Game Geek Secret Santa. This is Staying In. Daniel. Hi. Yes, hi. I need your help. What's going on? What's your game? Um, yeah, I need, I need some help from you. Because you recently spent, and this is going to sound worse than it is, but you recently spent a, a long time in a hotel. I did. Yes. Yeah. Three weeks? Three whole weeks, yeah. I mean, I came home for weekends. It wasn't like kind of like being in prison, but um, no, I but... imagine that's what prisons are like, having never been there. Uh, you know, comf- comf- comfy yet. bed, TV, uh, purse, own shower. I imagine that's exactly the same. Just, just to be clear, Dan, don't ever commit crimes if that's what you think the, the prison <laughs> Will I be like? for a horrible surprise? <laughs> yeah, it's not as good as a hotel. <laughs> I, I bet, I bet prisons still have rock hard butter though. Yes, they will. Yeah. Yes, so there are some similarities. Yes, I've been in a hotel. What about that experience would offer you assistance? Well, I'm going to uh, a hotel shortly, and I wondered what your hotel hacks were you know there's things that you do when you go to a hotel and um so for example i whenever i go to a hotel i always take an ethernet cable with me because if you take your switch for example that doesn't that can't connect to a hotel wi-fi because there's no browser on it there's no way of authenticating that that purchase but if i take my ethernet cable bish i'm on I'm, i'm zooming away and like obviously things like using an old gym card or a Blockbusters card or whatever, so you can keep on charging your stuff when you've left the hotel room. You just put it in the slot, keeps all the electrics on. Great for the environment. Good hotel hack. Like, I mean, I mean, you could you could argue that hotel hack. I mean, I would say I wouldn't do that second hotel hack because I don't want to leave all my electricals out and about when I'm not there. It's not Toy Story, Dan. <laughs> yeah, they're just vibrating around the room, just moving around. Yeah, you leave. Well, what do you do with your fridge when you leave your house or like a phone? You leave on charge, everything unplugged. Well, I don't have people going into my house during the day when I'm not there. People are going into my hotel room. Hotel hack. Do not disturb. But yeah, then, I'll, but yeah, true. but then I don't. Then I have dirty towels and dirty sheets. And if I've got the option of having clean sheets, then I want them. What you? How how filthy are these sheets getting? In they're not the getting day? filthy. But if I want to, if I want to have my bed nicely made and fresh sheets then yeah that's what i want what about cups of tea i have cups of tea i need that stuff replenished don't test me i've had three weeks at a hotel i know what i need <laughs> did you yeah. get new sheets every day for three every weeks every day uh, yeah of I course think you did other, uh maybe not <laughs> you did maybe not you? every day you, you did. <laughs> oh my god well, no. this is why the planet is drowning <laughs> No, no, I didn't get them every day. I, I left I left the option there every day. Sometimes I didn't get fresh sheets, sometimes I did. So mm. it wasn't every day, but my bed my bed was made every day. I came I came in and it was nicely kind of made and I'd got fresh towels uh, and yeah. the bin had been changed and stuff like that. Those little things are, mm. are important. When you're stuck in a room where you've got you've got like a small bin and you've got rubbish because you're in a hotel, so you're probably eating from a Tesco or something like that. You've got rubbish. You need to throw it away. You don't want it just left in the room, starting to get smelly. It's a, it's a fundamental thing. All right. Well, the, the other thing you can help with, Dan, is that because I've been doing a bit of research into hotel hacks because I didn't know what yours are going to be like. So I found one <laughs> which is like the top 15 ingenious tips to improve your hotel stay. So um lay it on us i mean some of these are questionable like one of them is just complain oh what <laughs> how is that oh, <laughs> some of them are pretty like as you'd expect like if you've forgotten your speakers put your phone in a mug yeah that's classic use the coat hangers that have got grippers on them to sh- like properly shut the curtains if they don't meet in the middle that kind of stuff yeah but dan what i really wanted to get your opinion on was number one and number two on this list so number one <laughs> is boil an egg. <laughs> what? What? So using your hotel kettle to boil an egg. Well, I... Can really taste the lime scale. I mean, why? I mean, I, I question what, who sits there in a hotel room and thinks, you know what I want? <laughs> Do you want a fancy right now? I'm going to go out egg. to the shop, buy some eggs... To come back so I can put one in the kettle to mm. boil it. And probably have also, to boil it more than once. Well it's better than it's better than scrambling them in the kettle. True. But also also like for breakfast? 
Because like, if you're not staying in a hotel that's, you know, if they have, oh, you can have breakfast, but you can't have eggs. Hmm. Like, what sort also, of hotel if you, you just, if you just made hard-boiled eggs, you could get them from the shop as well. They sell them hard-boiled. Do they? You can, you can yeah, you yeah. can buy, you can buy like yeah. little pots where you get like a, some like um, like hard-boiled eggs and spinach and stuff. Spinach and yeah, a little bit mm. of soy sauce yeah. sometimes. But um, anyway, now we so, get yeah, to that's the. A no. That now we yeah. get to the best ingenious hotel hack. This is on an actual yeah. like proper web, like a proper like well-known British paper, and it in it it suggests if I. All right, I'm just going to give you the the title, and I'm going to let your imaginations run wild. And of what this is actually suggesting that people do in a genuine hotel room, written by a genuine journalist, it just says number two, have a toasty. Uh, yeah. Is it is that Sam referring to a trouser press? When I asked this to my wife, like, have you got any hotel hacks? She said the same thing, but I think that's more of a panini maker, don't you? You know. I would know what I think. What you're going to go for is the one. Certain things you can get to your room fairly easily without it being suspicious. One of them is an iron. Yeah, or you two. Could get, you could get an iron mm-hmm. to your room. Now, mm-hmm. admittedly, <laughs> I don't think those irons are being sterilised, so they're not going to be necessarily the cleanest <laughs> thing in the world. And you're putting it on food. That's that's problematic. Yeah, but Dan, let's be honest. The sort of person who would think. I will make food with an iron. Probably mm-hmm. isn't too worried about like cleanliness. Tell you what, they're, they're, they're certainly not getting their sheets changed every day, is what I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> what has he been doing? <laughs> well, I used to work in a hotel for yeah. two years. Award nominated cleaner, weren't you? Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam, for always being the one that mentions that. It sounds so much better coming from you than from me. <laughs> and I would basically go into every hotel room. I'd walk into it, and it would literally be like the most mundane form of CSI. You'd smell the melted cheese. Because I wouldn't see this person. They'd have gone. Keys would be on the side. And I'd just be having to reverse engineer what they'd been doing in here for the last 24 hours. Like, for some, like, the bed would be positioned in a different space in the room. They've literally moved all the furniture around to find their right kind of <laughs> feng shui or whatever. And, you know, oh, have they, have they chucked the towels on the floor? That means I've got to go and wash these damn things now. Hang on a minute. So if they're hung up, then you don't wash them? No. Yeah, because a lot of hotels now are going for it to be quite ecological. And they often have little signs put in there saying, we're trying to not be as wasteful as we usually would be so if you if you don't if your towel is just a little bit damp it's not that dirty please we suggest recommend hanging it up save us having to wash it yeah if it's on the floor that's that's the universal sign for yeah this needs washing dan's in sense now because that's that's three weeks of fresh towels he (laughs) thinks i thought i was getting (laughs) yeah yeah this is Um, outrageous chris what was the single most shocking thing that you ever saw oh, I don't want to hear this. in your time in a hotel. Right. Okay. I would go into the hotel. I'd get there at six in the morning. I'd have to pick up the keys for about 5.30. And we do like free weddings on the weekend, basically. And I'd have to clean the whole hotel from top to bottom. Okay. And I went into the toilets. And it was basically the Somme. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable and i hadn't i hadn't got the full equipment like i literally just had to take loads of blue paper i'm not going to describe it because people might be eating when they're um listening to this and i literally just threw layers of it on the floor and then had to kind of that was all i could do i was like i've not been trained for this and i had to basically just with my feet and rubber gloves and rubber gloved hands try and kind of bundle whatever was underneath this that had seemingly gone from one booth across everywhere and bundle it all into a single clump and then put it in the yellow biological waste bags and this was before i'd even started cleaning the rest of the hotel and i thought okay this is the tip of the iceberg what is to come i even got like the chemicals that they would give me they just mixed them all together in one bottle it had no labels (laughs) on it so i was getting genuinely really bad headaches and slash hallucinations from this, this these cleaning fluids yeah maybe it was a clean bathroom and you just saw this horror as you walked in and it was actually a hallucination <laughs> yeah yeah finally yeah. snapped <laughs> ah, 
drinking lads. It's 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 approaching Christmas some, time. Was there someone trapped in that bottle? Because <laughs> it yeah. seemed to be that when you opened it, there seemed to be some sort of sigh of relief, like oh, yeah. finally. Yeah. <laughs> it was a genie. <laughs> yeah, it's like like usually it's just like when you actually take a sip, there's a sigh, but there's some sort of. <laughs> it's a very very special special bottle. What are you drinking, Dan? That label looks... Would you say it looks festive? It looks worryingly festive for It's beer. Devon Christmas mm. cider. It's cider. Oh. What, makes, what makes cider... Is that cranberry cider? Uh, the ingredients uh, include is apple it just juice. Cold, it's just cold mulled wine. <laughs> no, no, no. no it's, got, uh, it's got the obvious things. It's got a bit of apple juice. It's got some sugar. Um, it also has uh, clementine juice. Um, ah. Has some cinnamon, uh, has some nutmeg, allspice, mace, juniper. It's actually quite delicious. So it's a cold mulled cider, basically. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's Christmas cider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not shying not away Christmas, from it. It's yeah. Christmas. It's Christmassy cider, and it tastes like Christmas. I I saw on Twitter the other day someone had spotted in a shop gingerbread flavored hummus. <laughs> 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 the most it's the most middle class thing i can think of like not only was it like like that like that and it's hummus but also somebody somebody tweeted about it in a sort of like oh can't believe that it's, it's not, it's not ginger, it's not ginger hummus like red pepper hummus yeah. <laughs> it's gingerbread yeah. Hummus. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I can't believe they're getting the gingerbread hummus out this early. This <laughs> Finally, like... something to stick my gingerbread house together with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like mortar. <laughs> well, the, well, the um, well, the other day I had um, cereal infused beer. Oh wow, that sounds interesting. When you say cereal, do you mean the breakfast cereal or the popular podcast? breakfast cereal like cocoa pops or yes yes so there's a there's a brewery near where i work in uh salford called the seven brothers brewery now also around the corner from from where i work is also the big kellogg's factory where they make kellogg's cornflakes um so it always smells like popcorn around where i work it's great if the wind's blowing in the right direction so they've released like this new line of beers um three of them each of them has a different uses different they call they say cast offs but there must be like surplus supplies of certain kellogg's cereal that they don't use anymore so they make a really nice ipa with rice krispies they make a nice really nice lager with cornflakes then they have a stout that uses cocoa pops oh that that sounds interesting that i would one. genuinely want to try actually yeah, that, that yeah 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 that works for me and genuinely, I thought it would just be a gimmick. And I thought that it would just be like, oh, it's just a beer that tastes a little bit like Rice Krispies. Because I've actually had a cocktail before called the Cereal Killer, which was like a white Russian, but with Cheerios on top. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and you know that horrible breakfast where the Cheerios or any sort of breakfast cereal just gets soggy and loses all sort of yeah. internal like structure. <laughs> and it was like yeah. that but drinking it and going this was 15 pounds <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that was disgusting but yeah i i thoroughly recommend um cereal flavored beer uh but we've actually had dan a christmas market pop up outside our work oh really i'm a big fan of a christmas market it's a bit weird because it kind of like it's more of a German market than it is a Christmas market. Well, that's what, I mean, I'm from Birmingham, so I've I've come to think of a Christmas market and a German market being kind of synonymous because the German market in Birmingham has been around for so long that kind of it's become a tradition. So I kind yeah. of that's become a, a thing now, which I'm not I'm not sure where it started in the UK that kind of the German market kind of tradition. I know Birmingham's had it for a long years old time. Now. Exactly 10 years old. Like when we went to Frankfurt, Chris, and we actually went to a German market, it was like strangely Christmassy. It was just like. <laughs> Funny enough, Sam, in most German towns, everything's Birmingham Christmas market. They're all like Peaky Blinders. 
<laughs> just selling Peaky Blinders merchandise. Did I did I tell you about the time we had a Christmas market in the village, a Victorian Christmas market, except that the one cash machine in the village broke and no one could buy anything because <laughs> no one had any cash. <laughs> so oh, it was brilliant. a real shame. It was just full of people going, oh, sorry, as I was driving past, going, oh, sorry. Love to, but we can't, we haven't got any money. <laughs> no money. Oh, God, that's brilliant. Every time around this year, I mm. always go on to uh, the website Board Game Geek. I don't know if you've heard of this website. Heard of it, yeah. Um, and um, I go on to BGG, and I'm always like, oh, I missed the Secret Santa thing. Um, for the last what? two or three years, since I've been into like, you know, board games and that sort of thing, and, and seeing that it's actually a really nice community over on BGG, um, I've always thought, oh, I'd like to do that Secret Santa stuff, and then I never do, because... I always miss it. I kind of feel like the communications side of things on BGG is quite difficult to get hold of it. But I signed up for the newsletter last year after I missed it for the umpteenth time. It's basically, it's a huge thing on BGG where the entire um, community of board gamers, and this is like the biggest, by far and away, the biggest board game site in the world. Um, It's like a big forum, basically, uh, that talks about board games and so forth. Everybody who wants to comes together and has a set of parameters uh, such as $50 minimum spend uh, and something from that person's wish list. Uh, And they get given a secret Santa if you sign up for it. So you can sign up and say, yeah, I'd like to take part in the secret Santa this year. And then everybody gets put into a big mix and then everybody gets assigned a a secret Santa person who's going to get something for them and they're going to get something for somebody else as well. Um, like a you know a normal secret center and there are rules you know it's very well put together it's been fun to kind of see how how the sort of administration of it has been going and it's not a you know i think it's i don't think it's professionals or anything like that i think it's all just run by the community which but it is very professional and so can select things like i'm 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 happy to purchase things for people in other countries or only my country and it made me fill in my wish list, for example, because they're like, you have to fill in a wish list. You also should fill in exactly what game board games you do own so that people can go and just double check, oh, do they actually own this? And so, yeah, people just buy gifts for one another and send them on. And theoretically, you can just leave it like that. You know, never, never quite know who it is that gets you the thing. I think some people on BGG like to quote unquote taunt their their mark. I believe they're called, um, which I don't really understand. I don't really understand what that's about. Um, but yeah, like like sending little diggy like, oh, I wonder what this could be, sort of stuff. I, th- I think maybe people like that stuff. But this year, uh, I have got uh, a person called oh, uh, uh, spoilers. A person called, well, yeah. So in case this person listens to our podcast, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, their name is, believe it or not, their name is Taco. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and they live in Taiwan. Uh, so this is the first time I'm, I've I've ever done this. And I think I think it must be their like nickname or something like that. Hmm. Um, and um, and so you also have to write a letter to Santa saying these are all the things that, this is a little bit about, bit about me. This is what I'm into. These are kind of board games I like. These are kind of board games I don't like. And other bits and pieces, like even down to the minutia, like um, if you're vegetarian or not, because sometimes people like to put sweets and stuff into a big box. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's really nice. And every year, I've looked at the forum posts and thought, and thought, oh, I'd like to get involved in something like that for for with on BGG because that feels like a good thing to do. And this year, done it. I've gone ahead and I've done it. There's, so you have to put your letter in your profile so i had to write one myself and it was oh, really difficult all right. it wasn't like when you were a kid and you just threw it no. on the fire yeah <laughs> up, quote quote up the chimney just froze <laughs> the game on the fire they'll get yeah. this It'll be fine yeah yeah but 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 mama we've got central heating how is this gonna work just um, leave it on the radiator just leave it on the radiator <laughs> go to bed go to bed yeah so uh, but, but it's interesting because it makes you the the part that I mean, like whatever I get from whoever it is, like it's going to be fantastic. I'm sure. I'm, I'm I'm really excited to figure out what I end up getting. I've put some weird stuff on my wish list, and uh, it'd be be cool to see. And I've said, feel free to go off of this. Like, I, you know, I'm not necessarily wedded to it. Um, but it was really cool to like the wish the the Santa's letter that they that they suggest you write. They give you a bit of a framework if you've never written one before 
on BGG. And they're like, here are some of the things you, sh you should talk about. And one of the things that they talk about, as I say, is like, these are the kinds of board games I'm into. And I've actually never sat down and thought about it. And it, I, because I, I, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll write my thing. Oh, this would be really easy. And I got to this point where I was like, I actually don't know what board games I do like. Like, I know, I know generally what I don't like. I know that I generally don't like kind of gimmicky things. Like, like I'm, I'm happy to play them, like something like Mousetrap or something like that. But that kind of like, once you've seen it once, you kind of know what's going to happen next. You know, the, the one play kind of things. I'm not really into those. And I'm also not super into, I guess I'm not super into like, like ultra light kind of stuff. I don't really like stuff like, um, and Alex hates that I don't like this, but I don't like games like Pit Double. I'm not a huge fan of Double. Yeah, Six Nymphs. You kind of bounced off of. Yeah, it, it was fine. Yeah. I like I liked it well enough. I, yeah, just, I wouldn't well. I wouldn't buy it. Um, yeah. But I play it. I pl I play all of these things. But I, yeah, it made me think about. It. And then I sort of thought, well, what I know what I don't want. What things would I? You know, I, I know what I don't want. What things would I want? And then I was like, oh god, like. Like the the games that are in my collection are probably not representative of the things that I tend to want to purchase for myself. So like my wish list is like a bunch of eighteen XX railway games and like uh, <laughs> like I was yeah I was like it was like that and like um uh, what was there like uh, like the Warhammer Quest card game specifically and um, some some mad old nonsense of like yeah all that kind of thing so. But anyway, I'm really enjoying it, and um, it's been really fun. And also finding out about like how to ship things to Taiwan, and like finding out what the board game community is actually like over there. Which it sounds like there isn't really much of a one. It sounds like, like so for example, obviously you know, so you go and try and buy a game from their store, one of their stores, right? So it's not just a simple case of going to Amazon Taiwan. You have like it's like you probably need to go to a local board game store and like order through them and obviously everything's in taiwanese and you're like okay well this is going to be pretty tricky Brilliant. um and then and then like okay well what i'll do then is i'll buy the thing get it shipped here and then i'll ship that over to taiwan and one of the things i was gonna get um was three and a half kilos and i was like okay that'd be fine that that'd be all right and then like I I was no. like, let me just before I hit the purchase button, I was like, let me just let me just go to the Royal Mail's price finder, just just double check, yeah, and was like, oh, ninety five pounds to send that, like, yep. I was like, oh my, like I you know that would have like nearly tripled the budget just on postage. This is like the plot of a Christmas movie. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> but yeah, so it's so it's been really interesting, and I've got them. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna get them a uh, a Lord of the Rings card game that Fantasy Flight does an expansion uh, and because I can get that and um, and send that over and that was on, that that was on their wish list. So. All right, I was gonna say getting someone an expansion. <laughs> yeah, 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 not great, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. So and again, like also just kind of going through their wish list and seeing like what people are into, and it made me go and look at other complete random strangers' wish lists as well of like oh and sort of trying to get a figure of like what kind of things are interesting to them and yeah it was really good fun i'm just interested to see like how it all goes really and actually it's got me in the like gift giving mood yeah i bet it has yeah oh. so yeah so we're gonna do we're... our secret yeah. santa again this year yeah. shall we yeah yep. let's do it yeah now. okay <laughs> so how our secret santa works generally is we have a limit of money Yes. Which this year again is going to be ten pounds, and uh, we each elect something that we would like our secret Santa to get for us. Like last year, mine was something to better myself with. And Chris initially got me a book on meditation, and then realised I'd already got three or four books, so then bought your book on Tai Chi. Yeah, I mean, my track record isn't great. I have bought the same person the same gift two years in a row <laughs> <laughs> as well. Uh... Or like, for example, another year I asked for a memoir of, of, of a famous person. So they tend they tend to be quite vague, quite open to interpretation. I think. Well, a memoir of a famous person is not the vaguest. I've always tried to go for a, request. a bit more vague, and your first one, better your something to better yourself with, is a vague idea and open to interpretation. Mm. Mm. I just saw Sam's posture, and I thought, mm, I need to do more yoga and stuff. So that's why. Yeah, it's true. True. So, gave it away. So it was a nice, nice little dig there as well. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, Christmas, Christmas is a time for 
forgiving and generosity. And backhanded and, compliments. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. So at some point during the next few weeks, we'll each get told who are, who, uh, who, who we're being Santa to. You will but... be told this very evening. Oh my god! Oh my giddy aunt! So this is so this is good. So it's not going to give it away. So we can so we can fully and unabashedly like laugh at each other's requests without having to hide that we are that person who has that weird request. We'll say, we'll save Pete to last because they're always classic. Shall I go first? Please do. Okay. This year, I would like Santa to buy me a solitaire game. Ooh. I should probably write these down. Yeah, I am as well. <laughs> solitaire game. That's a nice one, Sam. Do you play much solitaire games? Like, I own a digital copy of Oni Rim, and I own a copy of Friday, and I play Journal Journal 29 as a solitaire game as well. And I do... I play Ganshon and Doppelt and Railroad Inc. and quite a lot of my roll and write games as, as solitaires as well. So yeah, so a solitaire game. It can be physical, it could be virtual. I will define it even more. So I will define it as a game that's only meant to be played by one person. Mm. That's a good distinction. There we go. There we go. So do what you want. As some of you will be aware... I will hopefully shortly be moving into a new house. Mm -hmm. So I would like Santa to bring me something for a new house. And I would preface that by saying something kind of podcast related. So the topics, kind of topics we talk about. So talking about geek culture kind of stuff, just to narrow it down rather than just anything. Um, So just something staying in related for a new house. Now, Dan, that is a really bold request because mm. how, how, what, is there a limit on how big this ornament, so I'm going to use the word ornament, can be? <laughs> Trophy. <laughs> yeah, like a bust. Yeah. Exactly. I, Dan, I really think you're asking for trouble with this one. You really are. Consider, considering what I used to buy for everyone whenever they moved into a new house. Yeah, but I'm hoping that we've left the years of no. buying each other no. bad no. gifts behind us. No. We have nope. had a number of good years now where we have consistently bought people presents that people have yeah. enjoyed, and I would like that to continue. I also <laughs> would like that to continue, Dan. <laughs> oh, I can just see—I can just see him now opening up the framed picture of, of like us four, but done in like Andy Warhol style. <laughs> yeah, Dan. If I get you, that is what you will get. If you get something from these two jerks, then maybe. <laughs> Maybe maybe I will tell my wife what I've asked for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before yeah. she picks. Yeah. yeah. I would like for Santa to get me for Christmas this year a ghost story. Uh, Christmas is the time for ghost stories. It's not Halloween. And I really love a good ghost story. And I've read a lot of the classics like M.R. James, A Whistle and I'll Come to You, My Lad, Charles Dickens, A Signalman. I really also love the modern ones by Michelle Paver, like um, Thin Air, for example. I love I love that kind of spine-tingling, spooky ghost story, really. So is it is it specifically literature? Yes, please. Well, anything that would be classed as a ghost story that I can read. So that could be a graphic novel, because I asked for a graphic novel last year, but it could equally be... Uh, a novel uh yeah a paperback say for example but for example the game until dawn actually it's not ghost story but it's horror story you get what i'm saying a horror game has a horror story in there that would not be acceptable is what you're saying no i want i want a book i want something book based cool cool cool, cool. And, and it's like a featuring a ghost so not a horror genre book yeah a ghost story a yeah, ghostly exactly. What was the one that you lent me that was that was really good? The one on the boat in the uh, Antarctic. That was that was that was again by Michelle Paver. That was a brilliant book. Oh, um, oh, the name escapes me for the time being, um, but it reminds me actually. I've I've just finished the first season of a really good podcast called The White Vault. Uh, I don't know if you've come across that. It is set on an Arctic base where this research team have gone there to fix things, and they're trapped there. And spooky things start happening in this isolated place. It's really, really good, the White Vault. And I, it's just got me in the mood. And I do a lecture series every year to my third years on 
ghost stories and hauntology and stuff like that. I'm always just in this mood. I love I love that kind of spooky feel. It's a perfect time of year for it. It yeah. is. So thank you, Santa, in advance. Okay. Here we go. Here we Buckle go. Up. Here we go. Here's the super easy to find. He would like a solitaire ghost game perfect for a new house. <laughs> oh my god. That, would that be he's amazing. not played and was only released in Japan. Yeah. I would like a video game. Cool. So far, so good. That you think best represents my personality. So it's good that the price point is £10 because that's already quite cheap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cheap, cheap, second hand, right? Yeah. 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 Up for that. Um, and and uh, get outdated. And honestly, any any platform that I've got access to. So, well, that'll that'll do it. And and we will reveal all on the Christmas edition of the podcast, which will probably be the fifteenth of December, probably around then. Yeah, yeah. So next episode. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Should we do that bit again? No. <laughs> <laughs> my be- uh, my favorite my favorite bit of the last podcast is Chris asking me to cut out his shit joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris, you've been getting into like, sp- are you just into spooky stuff at the moment? Is that just like a a thing for you? Always this time of year, definitely. I. I read ghost stories always this time of year, like particularly the old classic Victorian ones, like The Woman in Black and M.R. Mm. James. I really like those ones where you've got those that, that kind of quintessentially spooky environment, isolated environments. Um, you've got a sceptic, and mm. I prefer to have a sceptic because watching a sceptic suddenly realise that mm. what they're seeing defies logic and defies their reality, their rational thought, is mm. much more terrifying than somebody who's just screaming inanely from the get-go. Mm. So yeah. I really like that kind of tradition. So so how did you feel, Chris, when we were playing um, the medium on our spooky games evening? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is this has just come out this year, actually. I saw this being debuted at Bo- um, Board Game Geek, had a video where the, 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 the designers of the game were demoing it, and I was just so blown away by how enthusiastic they were about it. And... <laughs> one of those great this is greater than games isn't it greater than games i think yes publishes. and uh storm chaser games oh brilliant yeah um this is one of those brilliant games a bit like the mind very simple premise a lot yes. of meta gaming happening here mm. but tricky to execute and i say it's tricky to execute for me pete because uh i was you the were, worst at this game i was a bit very at bad at it very i bad. was awful but I still loved it, loved every minute of it. And that, that speaks volumes really about this game that I still want to go back and play it, even though I know that I will continue to be awful at it. Why? Why Why are you bad at it? How can you be bad at it? Well, why don't we demonstrate? So how medium works is that everyone has six cards in their hand. Each card has a word on it. And it comes in this lovely um, box which is very about the same size as the Burgle Brothers box. And the first thing you do when you unpack everything is you organise all the cards by number and then you end up with this lovely little file of fact system that you flick through. All the cards get grouped by number and then you pick numbers out, shuffle them all together, give six cards to all the players and each card has those words on them. And I think the idea is that you will end up everyone will end up with some words that will be loosely associated with each other to kind of make the whole process a little bit easier. Because what happens is you will play around the table in teams. So when it's your go, you will be in a team with the player on your left-hand side. And at the end of the game, it's whichever pairing has the most points will win. So the player on your left will pick one of their six cards and put it down in front of you face up, which will have a word on it. You'll then look at your hand of cards and then you'll put another card next to it. And the idea is, is in silent, in secret, ideally looking each other dead in the eyes and making a psychic connection, is that between the two of you, you will find what is called the medium word between those two words, like a word that links those words. So in the manual, it suggests if you had the word taco and the word beach, a word might be shell, 
because attacker has a shell you might find a shell on a beach so it's it's that it's that kind of thing if you get it right the first turn you'll get uh, basically an amount of points i think it's like five or six points you have like this little bowl of tokens in the middle of the table if you get it wrong you've got two more chances to try but your words that you've got to try and find a medium between now become the two words that you just said if that makes oh. sense so you kind of so there'll be instances in those three goes where the first guess will be poles apart the second guess they'll be a little bit closer and then it could just be the third guess push pulls them back apart their poles yeah. apart that's the joy because even though the light you're in the spotlight for a little bit um it's only for a little bit and the joy is watching other people try and fail and, and trying to predict and that satisfaction of going oh yeah that's what i would have said as well or what are you going on about chris so before we start the podcast i each sent you a whatsapp message each containing six unique words so if we play, uh, as I'm looking at the table in front of me, Pete's on my left, Dan's in front of me, Chris is on my right. So if Pete, you're going to go first, that means you're playing with Dan. Okay. So Dan, into the chat room, I just want you to type, choose one of those six words and just type it into the, into the messenger board. And what's great about Medium is that like everyone around the table is all part of this as well. So they see the words. So they just see that Dan's put down pipe. Now... Pete's going to look at that and obviously your aim Pete is to try and already try and think ahead an extra step and think about like what of your six words could you easily make link to the word pipe and put and put a card down pipe and cold okay brilliant so now between Pete and Dan stay absolutely silent and then whenever you're ready if you just hold up your hands or make some sort of signal Chris and I will count down from three two one on the beat after one, you both say your word. And hopefully, you'll both say exactly the same word. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Remember, you got to look each other in the eyes. <laughs> Pete's got his hand raised. He's ready. He could have a question, Sam. <laughs> okay, they've both got their hands raised. Here we go. Here we go. Three, two, two, one. One. Frozen. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, Pete said tap. Dan said frozen. Okay, so now these are your new two words going into the next round and you can't say pipe or cold. Oh, okay. okay. So now you've got to try and find a word that links tap and frozen. What would you have said, Chris? I would have said radiator. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would have said winter just because like pipes freeze in winter. That's where I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to once disarm a boiler that was threatening to explode. It was so cold. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> an old job I was working okay, at. Okay, you two read it. So tap and frozen, tap and frozen. Play along at home, everybody. Tap and frozen. Okay, brilliant. Here we go. Okay, three, two, one. Water. Tip. <laughs> tip. Tip. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean, tip? Like tip of the iceberg. <laughs> what went? Tip of the tap. What does it got to do with the tap? Tip tap. Tip tap. <laughs> 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 okay, so so now, uh, no, so now you're in the third round, and your words are tip and water, and you can't say frozen, cold, pipe, or tap. <laughs> so you're only going to get one or two points <laughs> if you get this right. Pete, straight away, ready? Uh, okay, right, three, two, one, spill. Oh. <laughs> it's nice to know that I'm not the only one who sucks at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's essentially we can play another round if you want, but we don't have to. Um, I kind of want to play but, another round. <laughs> okay, that's, so let's play another great. round quickly. So, Dan, you're now it's now your go. So you're in a pair with Chris. So, Chris, you'll pick one of your six words and put it in the chat. Okay. Yep. Tent. Tent mm. is his mm. word. Mm. 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 I think what's great about Medium and why why it works really well as a um a party game is because of this like strange like rhythm that it's got. Yeah. It 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 lends itself to that transience you naturally get in a in a party game. So while Chris and Dan are thinking, it means anyone else in the table can go up and get the drink or go and get some food or eat and chat. It's got what Hideo Kojima calls cigarette time which is that thing of like, it gives you that moment to do something different to then come yeah. back into the room. So now we're like, me and you are back in the room. So it's like, yeah. oh, what's Dan put down? And yeah, Dan's yeah. put down beach. Beach. So, 
Chris is ready. Dan's ready. Right, okay. Three, two, one. Holiday. Shade. <laughs> Famously shade on a beach. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, in a tent. In a tent. Yeah, if you've got yeah, a tent on a beach. It's nothing it's to do with so... a tent. It's a word that links both. It's associated with both words. Oh, yeah. oh it's, really, it's really hot in this sun. Off to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Round two. So shade and holiday. I can think of one. I can think of one. Shade and holiday. Right, they're both ready. Here we go. Pete, do you want to count down? Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Parasol. Sunshine. Oh. It's close. So now parasol and sunshine. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Chris is ready. Parasol and sunshine. And what's also great, like, and what's brilliant about Medium is, like, at these points where someone's not really sure, like, everyone 100% always goes, I know what I'd say. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Then, That's then, what like, I was saying before. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Like, we're always whispering it between each other. It's like, really? Well, I would have said this. It's, just, it's, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's absolutely great. And you'd think that would help, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> what, this, what this one's actually showing is the difficulty of not being able to use the previous words. Yeah, yes. that that too. It also shows that you and I have two very different types of holiday, Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got that really nice. Um, it's also it's also got that thing that Dixit has of like it's it is actually quite fun to and to be and it feels quite creative to be to do word association. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and it also the other thing like Dixit is you're starting to develop like it's that meta game that language yeah. that you. Yeah that you share with the team like i can't believe chris said that right they're both ready so what so parasol and sunshine is that right yeah but you can't say shade you can't say holiday you can't say beach you can't say tent right three two one sunscreen (laughs) (laughs) so close Oh so wow! Close. This is a really good game. It's a really good game, isn't it? Because that's that's the other yeah. thing that medium that medium does is that like it is slightly mysterious. Like when yeah. people get it on yeah. the first go, or they get really close, you have that like everyone always does that same that you know that sort of seance ooh where it's yeah, just like yeah. ooh, ooh maybe yeah. there is something like maybe there is some sort of like other side yeah <laughs> but, yeah but it's, it also feels a little bit psychoanalytical in the sense yeah. of like the talking cure like the kind of association of words very quickly quick as you can what words do you associate with this <laughs> yeah the broader you are the the better so yeah like well, that kind of demonstrates, I think, very quickly and succinctly, like how great Medium is as a party game. Yeah. We've played it with, uh, like, we've even played it with Lisa's mum and dad, and they both loved it. I'm very, very in tune with Lisa's dad. Apparently, like, we are getting words, like, each time, first time. We're, we're very, very good. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Medium. And, and uh, I'm literally searching for this on Amazon right now. What's the name of the company that makes this? Um, so greater than games and storm chaser games okay cool yeah that's that's 100% on my list that's great Daniel if Pete had a spirit animal what would it be <laughs> uh... can I answer this can I answer this I think, I think if you want to chip in Sam you can so, mm. so you've got to pick something okay. that is Toad. basically <laughs> whoa <laughs> 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 Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what, what, kind, what kind of toad are we talking about? Like wind and the willows? <laughs> yeah. What's the wrong... What, is it rock toad? Is it a rock toad? I think. This gets better, Pete. This isn't, this isn't good. Whatever it is. Unless I it's a I don't know, toad, I don't know why. There's no way that this is getting turned into a good thing. I don't know why. Jesus. But I'm thinking stalk. <laughs> A what? A stork. <laughs> a stork. Oh yeah, yeah. I can see stork. But yeah. you can't see toad. A toad is a noble animal. No, I don't see toad. Yeah, you oh, see it on man. lots of family crests. Yeah. Nah. I. I think. I think mine is the my spirit animal is the sloth. Like that's the because oh, yeah. 
No, you're far too hard. More, you're far too hard working to be a slob. Ah, but I was talking with um, uh, 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 pal at work the other day about the his Dark Materials trilogy. The uh, I basically saw at the uh, Barbican the first one and a half of of the books, which by the way I've never read. And she was saying that the spirit animals sometimes are the things that you need in your life. Sometimes yeah. they represent you, and sometimes they're the things that you need. And I think like a sloth for me would be like perfect, really. Like, um, you know, I want, I, you know, I want something that's sleeping for like two, like twenty-two hours in a day, and like, and has two massive toes. But you can't be that apart, far apart from it. You'd have to have it hanging around your neck, like a necklace of some That'd sort. Be, I, I would love that. What, like a really nice, warm, rough, or a snood, a little snood. Yeah, a little sloth snood. Oh, oh, that'd be so sweet. A sloot. So sweet. But in the summer on the beach, just you and your swim shorts, sunglasses, yeah. and yeah. sloth. Like yeah, a bomb bag. But also, the sloth would also have sunglasses on. <laughs> so that'd be all right. Okay. What, what about Sam? What would Sam's be? Careful, because I'm currently doing a quiz on spiritanimal.info um, of what my spirit animal would be. I think it would be what's the um, what are the little what are the little um, mammals that uh, they all like hang out in packs and they're always looking out for each other but they're also always st- stood on the back meerkats. Of the yeah, meerkats. I think Sam would be a meerkat. So I'm I'm yeah. thinking something in the canine family. Oh, I was thinking canine, Dan. Okay, okay. Well, like a wolf, like an awesome wolf. Well, I, was, I'm th- I, I don't know why I'm thinking a fox. A fox. Ah, uh, because foxes are able to like shape shift and like. Uh, be in the kind of and they're really good at editing audio and stuff and yeah that's, they're also good at editing audio <laughs> yeah that's right the ancient japanese myth of the fox they, that came they in often and used they often logic. work in radio uh... <laughs> yeah yeah actually my uh, spirit animal is the turtle why is that the no. people who have the turtle as their spirit animal may be encouraged to take a break in their busy lives and look around or within themselves for more grounded long-lasting very solutions. nice very nice it teaches us about walking our path in peace and sticking to it with determination and sincerity there you go um, the, the turtle is by my side um chris i would imagine that yours would either be a uh, hedgehog or a um squirrel Oh, I can oh. see squirrel. Squirrel, a hundred percent, and also obsessed with food, yeah. always moving, climbing trees, scatty as hell. S- yeah, <laughs> scatty as hell. Wiped out grey squirrel, dominant. Yeah. Wiped out uh, an entire committed genocide. Really? Yeah. Bearing um, the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I prefer to call it outcompeted, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would you bring this up, Chris? Hey, I tell you why I bring this up. And Pete hinted it already. It's in response to his Dark Materials, the TV series. Oh, right. By the BBC, HBO and New Line Cinema and Bad Wolf. Yeah, Pete alluded to it. It's a, It was a series of books written by Philip Pullman between 95 and 2000. And there's a second trilogy, which we have spoken about before, The Book of Dust, a couple of years ago. We talked about that. Yeah. The second one came out recently, didn't it? Yes, I'm hopefully going to get it. Fingers crossed for my B-Day, um, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, so this is the one trilogy of books that my entire family have all read and all adore. It's my family's... Not Lord of the Rings? No, because I watched the films of Lord of the Rings before I read the books. Well, I, I, I watched The Fellowship, then read The Fellowship. This is the only instance where I've read the books before watching the adaptation. Even with Harry Potter, I'd already read... I, the, the kind of the reading of the books and the films were kind of simultaneous, more or less, I would say. So to actually experience that feeling of reading a beloved series of books and then watching it be brought to life is something I've not actually experienced in quite this particular pure way, let's say. Did you see The Golden Compass? I did see it at the cinema. And I thought, even though it was brilliantly cast, it, it was not a very good film, really. I, the Golden Compass is actually my only... Uh knowledge of the dark his dark materials story i don't know any of the books so my entire kind of knowledge of it is based on that film well here we go dan i'll give it to you in a nutshell it is basically squirrel uh, see squirrel animal <laughs> awesome <laughs> awesome loves those nuts it's basically a coming of age story set across parallel universes I I I, I, sh- I should say i have watched some of the B- new bbc show but what I'm saying is prior to having watched the BBC show, my only knowledge of the story was the film. It begins in an Oxford that looks a bit like our own, but it's not. It's slightly removed from it. This is an Oxford where you haven't got planes, you've got airships. 
this is an Oxford where you don't have the internet. It's still very much pen and paper and things and these beautiful, exquisite kind of clockwork instruments. So it's and steampunk? A little bit steampunky, mm. but it doesn't lean into it too much. Okay. Basically, you've got in this world where everyone has their soul or spirit, for want of a better world, is externalised, it's abstracted from them and it exists as an animal. And when you're a child, it changes animals constantly depending on its mood. But when you come of age, you reach adulthood, that animal sets and becomes a permanent thing. And as Pete alluded to, that becomes that represents something of your personality. Mm. And we follow this little girl called Lyra who has been raised in Jordan College in Oxford and then leaves it. And she is at the centre of this vast prophecy but for the prophecy to be fulfilled, she can never know of her part she plays in it. So it's a bit like a Greek tragedy in some respects. And she's making this journey north, finding her missing friend who has been kidnapped, along with other children, while she's being pursued by this evil uh, religious order called the Magisterium, who are chasing her north while she's trying to reach her uncle as well and discover what is happening up north. And all these... Uh, various political and religious machinations are happening around her and she is a part, a cog in this gigantic machine. I love it. It's a book series that combines quantum physics, parallel worlds, fantasy, Milton, the poetry of William Blake and myths and it's thrown into this beautiful tapestry of, of work um, by Philip Pullman. And the BBC and New Line and HBO have done a very good job with its adaptation Mm-hmm. Um, to some extent, I don't know if I'd be as into it if I hadn't have read the books because, and it's the same with the books themselves, that first one is quite a slow pace and they're really just setting the table at this point. And the pleasure I'm getting from watching it is the same pleasure I get from watching the pieces of a board game being set up, watching an artist see a blank canvas and they're making those first few brushstrokes and you can see something good is coming and it's slowly building and arranging itself in front of you. You're slowly revealing this world gently to you in the same way that I was revealed to me as a reader. And it allows you to swallow those ideas of parallel worlds and to keep it all in your head in a, in a much more accessible manner. And every episode has been written by Jack Fawn. He said, look, I love this book series. I, I really want, I've got this vision for it and I want to adapt it. And it helps also, you've got a phenomenal cast. Daphne Keane, who you remember from Logan, who played um, the little girl in Logan. She's phenomenal in this role as Lyra. And same as Ruth Wilson, who plays probably the best character in it, Mrs. Coulter, who is yeah. part fairy godmother, part wicked witch, this incredibly rich, complex woman um, who has a lot on her plate, who is pursuing Lyra on her journey north. You've got Anne-Marie Duff. Um, it's it's brilliant. It's a very James good McAvoy. cast. J- Jimmy McAvoy, who loves the books also, playing Lord Asriel. I, th- I, th- I think for me it was actually having not really had a connection with the books and seeing the film but having no real interest in the film I didn't think it was particularly good It for me it was the cast that actually really got me excited about this as you say kind of Ruth Wilson I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Ruth Wilson from kind of her work on um, Luther and, and other things um, James McAvoy's fantastic I, I've kind of talked at length about my love of Lin-Manuel Miranda who is also in it um and will be appearing shortly. Uh, he's not actually appeared in the episodes that have been released as as of recording. Um, but I'm huge, huge fan of his. And I, I just, that's got me really excited. And when it's, I've actually only watched it fairly recently because I've been, a, I've been away and kind of staying in hotels and stuff for work. So I've not been able to kind of um, watch it kind of live, but I've caught up with it over the last kind of few days. And it's absolutely grabbed me. Um, I think the performances are fantastic. Oh, another person who I love, Andrew Scott, who uh, who was Moriarty in the Sherlock series. Um, so he's Ooh, in it as well. Like Again, him. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, last seen as the hot priest in Fleabag. Uh, but I'm just, I think the performances are all fantastic. And at the centre, you've got the the character play of Lyra played by Daphne Keane, who is just brilliant and Ruth Wilson is incredible at I always think of her as being a villainess um from different characters that she's done and kind of just seeing her face there's always something going on but the fact that at times she gets me to almost sympathize with her or think she's a good character even though I know she's not mm. just is a testament to her performance that she's able to even when I know she's a bad person and has done bad things I'm still kind of thinking oh does she have a light side does she not and it's like no that's she's putting that on she absolutely does not have that light side it's she's a evil character but i'm really really enjoying it more i thought i'd enjoy it but not as much as this 
um, and I don't know how much you want to go into kind of spoiler territory. You mentioned kind of parallel universes. Um, now that wasn't something I really got from the film. I, I don't get me wrong; I haven't seen the film in years, so it may be in there, but it's not something I really picked up from it. Um, and so when that was a when that happened in the series, it blew me away because I was just assuming I didn't even know that was a thing in it. So when that happened, what, it, what the parallel worlds? Yeah, when I just. I just assumed it was the world that is set up and that's just the world that we live in. I didn't realize it was that the the opening credits does allude to that, but I just thought it was a, that was a interesting visual to use as opposed to actually um highlighting something. Well, the interesting thing about that is why I'm enjoying it because it's I think it's why it's called His Dark Materials and not The Golden Compass because it's that parallel world things is very much the second book. That's the subtle knife. So, like, as Chris was saying before about how, like, the first book is very slow-paced, I think what they're doing, which is very clever, is already laying that groundwork for essentially what is the second book by introducing the subtle knife and what the subtle knife can do, which is essentially peel the layers and create this kind of, like, portal, as it were, like, between worlds. Like, but that only happens in the second book. So I think like building on that idea now early by placing it where it isn't actually in in terms of like where it's actually explored within the book series is a really interesting thing and i think that's also something that they're doing to that i think means that they're really broadening out the audience experience because it is skewed quite young it is like the way it's written and presented like it is skewing to a younger audience which i think is is great but I think those moments where it's got those, it's basically got this. I don't think actually that side story is actually in the books. Um, they're kind of fleshing out some characters that do appear in some of the other books and like expanding on that story. But I think that um, that sort of presentation, that level of detail, I think is the bit which is catering for that sort of older, sort of mature end of the audience scale, which actually it's a, it's, it's a really nice touch. So there's little bits in here, which I think are really interesting to like all the people who like, well, it's something that the books just generally did because you, if you read the books on the face of it, it's a coming of age story. But if you're a little bit older, a little bit maturer, you can kind of start seeing some of the themes that Philip Pullman was was getting at at terms of like um like the control the place of religion within politics the place of like ideologies and like our faith in like science and belief systems and all this kind of stuff so it's it's really interesting that that and i think what adapt good adaptations do well is they realize that like right this is the themes that the writer wants to do so if i so by mirroring that sort of presentation that's what makes the adaptation feel really genuine even though it's not like a straight page to page yeah it's not a translation no like the writer is really thinking about like right i want to like do more on this sort of side of like the presence and the uh, of of like other worlds and i want to do more on like the idea of of the religion iconography and all this kind of stuff so it really feels like an adaptation which knows where it's going and knows its audience and wants to appeal to a really broad spectrum that get that surface level of this is a simple like missing child story and a coming of age but also there's this other layer of it where it's just like really examining like the role that religion plays in our lives and the role of like societies and orders and it's just it's a great it's a great series both as book and tv and i think the um the kind of when we talk about kind of adaptations and bits like that it's Oh, hang on. Sorry. Someone's, hang on. So, What's sorry, that? Someone's at the door. Sorry, bear Someone's at the door? Yeah. Oh, my sorry. God. Oh, hang my on. gosh. Is it, is it Pete? Oh, no. Is Pete it the, the question, Pete, man? Pete, the dude again. Pete. I know. Oh, it's really it's got to be. Chris is, Chris is in on it, though. Shh. Shh. Pete, Pete promise scare me. him off. Pete, promise me you'll never do this. I'll never do oh, it really? to you, Dan. Because I'll this, never do okay, it. Yeah, this is not funny. It's not funny. And the problem is these, like Sam and Chris, they edit it, so they always keep it in. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, know. I mean, if we edited it, we would just like cut it all out completely and say we have out. a we have a question and just skip to yeah. that bit. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
But cool. I mean, I mean, Chris is dragging his hat even longer yeah. than Sam did. Yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. he's having an actual cool. conversation. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, we're just shooting the breeze. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Right. how how is he? How is he? Um, very well, thank you. Yeah, get the kids are good. Hey, should we them. start a new oh, one? Yeah. Brilliant. I, I was I was worried after the question I was worried kids. after the last one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, he, well, he's got well, he's got twins. We just calm yeah. down. Yeah. He, 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 joke, he nicknames them first class and second class. Just a little joke. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, right. Um, but and um, the question, man or woman, uh, has 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 given me a question. Actually, sorry. Let me just un, un, unroll this. Uh, okay. The parchment. Yep. The parchment here. This is from at purple Steve. At purple Hello. underscore Hi, Steve. 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 Hello, Steve. Hello, and Steve. Steve's asked a very good question here. What cocktails would you pair with your favourite games? That's a good question. We were talking about cocktails in the last episode. We were. Um, so what cocktails would you pair with your favourite games? Okay. All right. Straight out the gate. Straight out the gate. Ticket to ride. Old fashioned. Nice. That's nice. Uh, uh, Operation. Bloody Mary. I, I, I see that. I raise you dark and stormy with Odin's Ravens. Nice. I I would have gone dark and stormy for a cult express. I would say um, Forbidden Island, Sex on the Beach. <laughs> uh. Now did it did now is, is it just board games or other games as well? I don't know. I, does anyone um, get the feeling that Sam has a lot of these in his head and he wants clarification yeah, so he yeah, knows yeah. what he can Because Pete, Pete, come on me, come on me on this journey, uh, right? Come yep. on me on this journey. Here I come. Right, got your PS3. Yeah. Or your PS4 if you want to get the remake, but it's not as good. Uh, you're slipping in Burnout Paradise. You're driving down the strip. Oh, what a treat! Some love, some lovely music's playing in the background. Yeah. Your wonderful partner Alex appears from behind the sofa. Oh, watch out for Taco. It's okay. And she taps you on the shoulder, and she hands you a drink, and she hands you a pina colada. Okay. Burnout Paradise pina colada. That wonderful sun kiss. I, I, I think beach Sam was vibes. setting you up for more of a journey than you were expect for for less of a journey than you were expecting. Or or if we go back to the if, we, or if you want to go back to the board games, I'm I'm proud of this one. I'm just saying. So just prefacing this with my pride, uh, New York Slice the board game. Pair that with margarita. Now you see, I'm not going for funny things. I'm going for genuinely nice pairings. All right. <laughs> that went down. That didn't go down as well as you'd hoped, did it, Chris? I mean, you could, if you want to do funny, you could have yeah. Resident Evil. You could have Resident Evil with a zombie cocktail. Yeah, like, I've got that yeah. one here. Yeah, if you want to do funny, but I'm not here for funny. I'm All here right. for like genuine. You mean you, mean, like, you, you, mean you don't you don't want a you don't want a cosmopolitan encounter? Oh no! Come on, I mean, after in the last episode, we had the best question we've ever. Oh, sorry, hang on. I don't want to say that Purple Steve's question isn't good because it is a great question. But the kind it's of, a great question. It's a great it, question. It, 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 yeah, it, if only we all took it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. In the last episode, it inspired one of the greatest conversations ever. This time, we've, we're we ruining Purple Steve's question with Cosmopolitans. Right. Back to the... Yeah. Back to the pun work. I mean... I'm, I'm got... being flummoxed by my lack of cocktail knowledge is my problem. <laughs> I've got a copy of Brew Crafters. You do. That's not a cocktail, though, Pete. Well, it is. I mean, if you had, if you added like, if you added like a lime, then I guess like Corona and lime. That's basically a cocktail, uh, isn't no, it? No, no, it's got to be three ingredients for a cocktail. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh, crap. Um, I tell you what, then Sam, you'll be happy with this. Like a game okay, of survive with a blue lagoon. Have a cocktail blue lagoon. That would pair nicely with survive. Oh, I, can, I could, I can actually, I can actually see that. Or, an, or have an aviation while you're playing Lupin Louie. Well, again, I feel like you. Whiskey sours with LA Noir. That's a nice one. Yeah, I can see I can see that. Um or like a porn star martini, like a very classic sort of uh New York drink. Yeah. But with... then Chris would probably say like something like, What's it? What's that Larry game with porn star martini? All of them. All of them. That'll be a joke in every single one of those Larry games. Yeah, definitely. What are they what are they called again? Leisure Sweet Larry. Leisure Sweet Larry with a porn star martini. Yeah. That's what Chris would have said. Yeah. Oh, um, I feel like a nice like coconut-based cocktail with like Curse of the Monkey Island. Like a pina colada. 
that's coconut like a pina like a pina colada chris yeah yeah how how see about, now you're getting the hang of it come yeah. on how about uh a mojito with uncharted <laughs> kind of tropical okay. kind of kind of hot fresh. sunny yeah fresh that kind of thing rather than the action because i don't have anything for that but kind of the surroundings that you find yourself in i feel like a mojito would work quite well like the scenes where he's on a boat and he's kind of the cutscenes, basically, where he's on a boat uh, in the sunshine with a mojito. Mm. I feel like mm. um, I, you can get the French seventy-five cocktail. I'd serve it in like a plastic water bottle, and that's when you're playing Flamme Rouge. You can literally go. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That was staying in with Daniel Frost, Sam Turner, Peter Willington and myself, Chris Darby. Many thanks to Greater Than Games again for providing us with a copy of Medium, which we wholeheartedly recommend for Christmas gatherings this year. I can also confirm that thanks to the online quiz on the BBC, my demon is a red squirrel. How weird is that? If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to leave a review too, we'd be really chuffed to bits. If you're keen to dig a little further, why not head over to stayinginpodcast.com? On it, you'll find our page on Board Game Geek, our Steam Curation page, and all the different ways you can follow us. At Staying In Pod is where you need to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram. See you in two weeks for our Christmas episode, where we'll be hopefully unwrapping our Secret Santa gifts. Bye!